0: Now, this is Box to Box with Rob Gilbus and Michael Edgeley. Oh, what a goal! For, For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The kings of storage moving and Absolutely fantastic!
1: Hello and welcome to Box to Box, the show that is everything football. You're with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgeley to run the rule over the past week in the World Game. First edition news with Willem van and shortly and during the show, we'll be joined by our 250-game veteran of the Victorian Premier League and our former Notts County man, Dean Hennessy, as well as our former ITN journo-turned-pundit, Derek Dyson. It is a busy show, as always, with plenty on the international and domestic fronts, but it's a local story that leads us off this week with the announcement... By the Australian Professional Leagues of what is described as a landmark media partnership deal for the A and W Leagues, is this the moment football in this country has been waiting for so many generations for? Australia's leading finance and business journalist, Sky News Ross Greenwood, will help us break it down to the A League on the Park. And Melbourne City has finally broken its premiership drought. We'll talk to the gaffer Patrick Kisnorbo to get a sense from the boss on how he's turned Melbourne's also Rans into champions. And we'll wrap up the hour with more good news for the A League with one of the season's feel-good stories. Wellington Phoenix returning home to a crowd of 24,000, a record Sky Sports' Jason Pine will join us to talk about the amazing atmosphere at Sky Stadium. And can they get a bigger crowd at Auckland this weekend? We'll find out. In the second hour, Willem will kick off with second edition news and the latest on Socceroos and Matilda Central. And whenever Martin Tyler joins us, it's a special occasion on box to box He is the voice of our show. We'll talk to the great man about the heartbreak of Manchester United against Villarreal in the epic penalty shootout. Look ahead to the Champions League final and get his thoughts on the Euros just a couple of weeks away. We'll reflect on the conclusion of the European top flight competitions and look ahead to the championship playoff final with Dina Wundell. And we'll wrap it up with stoppage time reflecting on just who of the box to box crew claimed the bragging rights for the coveted tipping crown for the Premier League and championship. Um, I don't even know uh, what uh, Dina's going to tell us there, Edge, but it's not exactly the lead news item of the show this week.
2: It's not the lead news item of the show. It's definitely the APL's new (laughs) broadcast deal. With 10 and Paramount Plus. It's very, very exciting. Mm. And uh, we'll obviously talk to Ross Greenwood in great detail. But uh, looking, uh, scratching the surface of that and looking into the detail, I think there's some very, very exciting times ahead for football. And obviously,
3: uh, Willem's got some news, but isn't it fantastic mm. to see the Socceroos back in camp? The long term futures of the A League and W League have been secured with the APL signing a five year broadcast deal with Network 10 and Paramount Plus. The $200 million deal will see two matches each round air on a primary. Free to wear channel for the first time, with the remaining matches to be the cornerstone of Paramount's launch in Australia. Channel 10's owners, Viacom CBS, have purchased a 2.5% stake in the APL, signalling their commitment to the game. Now, Michael, for me, there was that initial apathy towards another service and maybe a little bit of uh, a fear of the unknown, given we don't really know what Paramount Plus is about here in Australia yet. But the positives are huge. The free to air component is brilliant. The long-term commitment looks like it's there, not only in terms of the deal, but in terms of the investment as well. And it hasn't been spoken about much, but there is that trigger clause for another three years. And in this landscape, eight years is pretty much to the end of time. So, And another thing that hasn't been mentioned too much, um, I believe club members are going to get the service for free or at a heavily discounted rate. It's only $9 anyway. So uh, very exciting week for the game. Looks like a good deal on the surface. Yeah, one of the items that I
2: think a lot of people might have missed or not regularly recognised that. imagine if Netflix had secured the rights to football. It would be a big story. So Paramount Plus is going to be a competitor to Netflix. At the end of September, um, the current deals that uh, that Paramount have in, in place with Stan and also Netflix expires. So Paramount is one of the biggest movie houses in the world. So all that product that you would access on Netflix and Stan will go to Paramount Plus. So they will become a very real player in the streaming service. And it's just fantastic that football is going to be on, on, on a on a premium product like that
3: the socceroos michael as you mentioned they are back in camp they've begun filing into q8 ahead of next week's world cup qualifiers graham arnold this week of course announced his 31 man squad the major absentees are midfield mainstays aaron moy tom Rogic, and mass luongo with the uncapped riley mcgree denny genre and conor Metcalf included instead there have been maiden call-ups for ruan tongyuk and kenny Dougal while curtis good and james holland return after seven years in the wilderness ruan tongyuk Yes, the Box to Box magic has ascended to new levels. Ruan joined us last week and I'm not sure even he was expecting the, uh, the call up from Arnie. Um, but I mentioned James Holland there, Michael. I think a fair bit is actually going to fall to him. The midfield's the area that does look a little bit skinny and along with Jackson Irvine, he's really the only one with any considerable experience. Jimmy Jago, of course, missing as well. But it's the back line, the defence, it looks as strong as it has in years, I think. Yeah, it's exciting times,
2: isn't it? Obviously, um, Aaron Moy uh, missing out, deciding just to take uh, a hiatus at this time. Otherwise, he wouldn't have seen his family for two years. I think that's a significant uh, let out. Obviously, we'll miss Aaron Moy in the context of that. But but there is, you know, the most experienced players, uh, as you mentioned, Matthew Lecky, 63 caps, Matt Ryan, 59 caps. And obviously, Graham Arnold, son-in-law, Trent Sainsbury. I love getting that in. Graham Arnold, <laughs> son-in-law, forty-eight caps. And uh, and and as you said, it's welcome back to the Socceroos uh, after. Um, a long time, Nikita Rukovic, James Holland and Curtis Good. So there's plenty to look forward to. It's going to be a difficult little period for them. We should have the talent and capability to uh, to, to get uh, these matches away, but uh, some of them will be very competitive and we
3: obviously have the unknown factor of just how well we're going to cope in 49 degrees. Melbourne City last Saturday signed up their maiden piece of A-League silverware, winning the Premier's plate with three matches to spare. They add that to their sole previous title, the 2016 FFA Cup, while manager Paddy Kis Norbo adds it to the W League Championship he won with the club in 2018. If City to had made an A League Championship, they'll have to do so without Jamie McLaren, Curtis Good, and Connor Metcalf, who were of course called up to the Socceroos. And Kiz Norbo himselfs called it crazy that the finals being played during an international window. So looking forward to speaking to him about that and plenty more later on in the hour. But well done to uh, to Melbourne City. They've clearly been the benchmark this season. They are, and I think the premiers' plate for me. Um, I'm a. I, I
2: know that you guys know that I'm a traditionalist, but for me, the premiers' plate is a hell of a lot more important than the championship. Um, and uh, and you know they should be uh, well pleased with themselves. Uh, and in particular, Patrick, who's you know done such a strong and long apprenticeship uh, as the two I see at Melbourne City to 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 win it in your first year as. Gather, that's pretty good, isn't
1: it? It is, but uh, I, I still do like the, the the double that we provide in our domestic uh, sporting environment, where you know you, you can win obviously the, the premiership and then the championship. Um, you know, the uh, the grand final is obviously a, a big event in in Australia, similar to what it is in the states as well. And uh, uh, you know, it's it's an opportunity to to
2: really. It's like, like it's the equivalent the of our cup final, isn't it? Really, yeah, at the end of the yeah. day. But but I, I I think you know the the end of the home and away. Uh, Top of the table Is yeah, for me the best, players, best team yes. in the best team In the
3: comp I agree with you Rob I like having the uh, the Grand final We're a sort of Unique football nation And I don't think It's too hard to get Your head around Having two different uh, Trophies held In sort of the same Esteem uh, for, for two different Reasons From uh, From the heights Of Melbourne City Down to lowly Western Sydney. Rob, their absence from the A-League looks set to extend to a fourth season after a 2-1 loss to Wellington on Wednesday. Left them five points adrift of the six. Carl Mm. Robinson's labelled the season a failure by himself and the group. They've won just once in their past 11 outings. Meanwhile, the club's W-League side are looking for a new manager following the very low-key departure of Dean Heffernan a fortnight ago. So Rob, I think there's some demons uh, at Wonderland and, Mm. and they persist two seasons in. They've played 12 this season, won five, lost five and drawn
1: two. Yeah, look, anyone who listens to the show knows uh, I've been a supporter of uh, Carl Robinson since day one uh, uh, I did buy in and drink the Kool-Aid from uh, uh, the club when he came from uh, Newcastle and, uh, and with some of the signings and uh, you know Mitchell Duke coming back, uh, it seemed like at different stages of the season that they, they were getting back on track so yeah, it, it, I, d- I don't know any more than anybody else does so what, what has brought them under, I mean is the quality above them on the ladder that much better than them? Uh, well, they're there's some good stories to tell uh, in in the the teams that sit above them on the ladder, but uh, obviously they have got the capacity and the firepower to, to be in that top six, and they really should be there. So, you know, questions are going to be asked. And, you know, does Carl Robinson survive? You know, it's a brutal world, football. Uh, we'll find out.
2: Well, he's got egg on his face, hasn't he? Because he went to, into Western Sydney, uh, he... he he played the PR game and, uh, and talked, uh, talked up a big game, but uh,
3: it's not to be. And one win out of the last 11, you said, Willem. Is that right? I think that is correct, Michael. Mm. And over to Europe to finish Villarreal have won the, the Europa League final after a marathon penalty shootout, <laughs> eventually edging Manchester United 11-10. In the end, it came down to the two keepers, with Geronimo Rui scoring before saving David De Gea's tame effort.
4: And he's been saved. Rui, with that save, has presented Villarreal with their first European title and the UEFA Europa League winners go into next season's Champions League.
3: It was manager Unai Emery's fourth Europa League title after his hat-trick with Sevilla in 2014, 15 and 16. Rob, they are now the first club since Shakhtar Donetsk in mm. 2008-09 to win a major European final at the first attempt, but the criticism has come for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. He didn't go to his bench until extra time. I oh, know,
1: it was absurd. Uh, you know, I, I swapped between watching the Optus coverage and listening to the BBC, and they, they were both uh, in lockstep with what they were saying. They could not understand why Ole wasn't making some tactical replacements late in the game. Uh, Manchester United had the ascendancy, and uh, knowing that they were going into extra time, Emory put on five uh, replacements late and uh, allowed those players to... to to find their feet into the game To, to underpin the the, uh, the foundations of the defensive structure That he'd put together So that by the time extra time came That uh, that it was all uh, under control and well organised They had a strategy It was only one strategy It was to defend uh, To play on the counter attack um, They had a couple of opportunities But uh, look who would have predicted that uh, that absurd uh, penalty shootout um, and, uh, and, and look you and I were texting during the game And uh, I know I did say that I had a sense that Villarreal Were going to win the penalty shootout uh, in the end but uh, David De Gea, he, he, poor keeping and poor shooting. Yeah. It was just dead set, lame can, all round.
3: You can probably forgive him the shot, but yeah, yeah. he just looked flat. Every penalty, mm, he mm. seemed to give away his yeah. position pretty early and no full-blooded Spanish dice. insider.
1: Yeah, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> all right, mate, well done. We'll talk more about that with uh, Martin and, and when we get... To Europe, but what we will do is talk to Ross Greenwood from Sky News after the break about this great deal for uh, A League and W League in in Australia. We've been talking about a lot of the commercial deals that the uh, the professional leagues have uh, have put in place and the FA as well uh, since um, all the last six months, and uh, and this is the best of the lot. We'll talk to Ross Greenwood after the break on Box to Box.
0: Box to Box.
1: The Chemist Warehouse.
0: Home of real brands and real savings.
1: And Storage King.
0: The kings of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most
1: crucial goal of all. Yes, this is Box to Box. It is a busy show, but with the news this week, the announcement from the Australian Professional Leagues of what has been variously described as a landmark partnership deal for the A&W Leagues. Uh, a lot of us in the game are wondering, is this the moment that, uh, that football in this country has been waiting so many generations for? We can talk about the game on the park, but uh, equally important is how the finances stack up and uh, the man we go to to discuss business and finances, of course, Sky News, Ross Greenwood, and he joins us now. How are you, Ross? Very well, thank you, mate. Good to be with you as always. Whenever there's a TV deal on, you and I have a chat for some reason. We do, we do, mate. Well, you're our go-to man, Ross. And uh, and look, uh, I guess, uh, look, uh, look uh, the question on, on most people's lips is, um, are we expecting too much of this? Uh, you know, the, the money looks right, the investment in the game looks right, the the actual partnership in in the game looks right. Uh, is there anything that we're missing here?
5: I get a sense that it, it is a great deal, and I think it's not a bad deal for Channel 10, as well as being a pretty good deal uh, for football. And the reason is it gives the free-to-air exposure. Um, and even though SBS has been a great partner, there's no doubt about that. Uh, perhaps it's just that there's a bit more commercial behind it with this deal. I think people really did love the football. and watching football on SBS and came to love lot of those, you know, just what it represented. But I just get a sense that this is, is bigger. And, of course, then on the other side of it with um, Boxsell and, and the deal that's traditionally been there, of course, being free to wear, it just means that the, 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 the game is open to more people. And just my sense is that that's the reason why the Football Federation of Australia jumped at this deal because the money was right and it just gave them an opening, a window, if you like, into a... A much potentially larger audience as well.
2: Ross, two hundred million dollars uh, is the is the reported number uh, in cash and concert. Uh, a trigger for a further three year deal. The existing term is, or the the initial term is five years. Uh, one A League match uh, covered each week on a Saturday night broadcast on Ten's primary fr- free to wear channel. The first time ever the A League's been on our primary uh, a primary free to wear channel. A W League match every Sunday to be broadcast on Ten Bold, which is the secondary. Channel uh, for uh, fans of the women's game. Uh, the broadcast standards will be the same between the minimum ones, the same between the A League and the W League. But interestingly, Vi- Viacom, CBS, the owners of, of 10, and in, importantly, Paramount have taken a 2.5% equity stake in the APL, that's the professional clubs organisation, which is probably a first for any broadcast rights. Can you just comment on that? particular uh, part of the deal it's 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 innovative it's new and what do you take out of that
5: well my sense is it means that your broadcaster actually even though it's a relatively small amount of the the equity that they take they get it signed and that's really what that's all about so it's showing that they've got skin in the game as well uh and it's not the first uh that's been suggested uh there's been there were suggestions say for example when the rugby union television rights were back up, the private equity might eventually come in and buy out all of uh, the Australian rugby union uh, and really take the, the big equity slide. And so it's, it's not, uh, not unusual in terms of the world. It's unusual in terms of Australia. The second aspect of this, and the key one, is the timing of the game in terms of the game starting in spring. Now, what, what they're really trying to do is to capture that little bit of a sweet spot that happens between really kick, cricket kicking off big time uh, and also um, NRL and AFL finishing. Now, if they can build an audience on that Saturday night with the A-League and get more of a following, then 10 might very well be able to do, and I think this is what they're banking on, doing with football as what they did with the Big Bash. And remember, it was 10-10 and the innovative way in which they broadcast it and commentated about it, and I just get a sense that if 10 does this and they want to make it work, then they'll have to get a little bit of that essence of what they did with the big bash to really try and make work
2: at Certainly is and the other interesting component of this is Paramount Plus. A lot of Australians may not understand what this is but it's coming in August. Paramount Plus, a huge movie stable. It's the streaming service that will aim in Australia to take on Netflix. They say that they can within 6 to 12 months be the second most popular streaming service in Australia behind Netflix. Surely that's a plus too that all, every A-League game and every W-League game is going to be on Paramount Plus so if you do obviously subscribe to that for the movies, you get the bonus of the sport, and it appears that uh, Viacom CBS, who has a bit of a football pedigree in the in the states, they actually host the, uh, the UEFA Champions League and Italian Serie A on their uh, on their streaming services in the states, which has been very successful. But what can Australians expect from Paramount Plus? Will they challenge the nexus of of uh, of Netflix, and can they uh, bump Stan out of the way pretty sim- pretty quickly?
5: Well, we well, do note that when. Nine did it deal with Rugby Union, that they obviously put a lot of stuff uh, into the new stand sport that they created. Now, the really big thing that many sporting codes have been waiting on is for these streaming services and indeed for these big media companies uh, like Paramount to come in uh, and really show that they are prepared to buy sport. Now, consider, say, for example, that traditionally the most watched programs on, say, foxtel have always been the sporting program always and in other words sport is number one to 20 basically when it's you know normal season the interesting aspect of this is that everybody knows that like rupert murdoch going into the uk when he had sky had to buy cricket had to buy um you know the english football league all that type of thing is important to get the eyeballs here in australia the big thing is the streaming services, whether it be Stan or whether it be Google or whether it be the new uh, CBS Icon, whatever it is, that they go out and suddenly themselves try and become players in sport because they know that sport will drive eyeballs for the rest of their schedule. And that's the key. Have they got the pockets to actually do it? Have they got the talent to be able to create the sport in the way in which Australians are used to it? And will Australians pay for the sport? That's going to be the interesting thing, given the anti-stifling rules that you and I have talked about before that is absolutely pivotal and so important to all of this. The key sporting moments in Australia still have to be represented on free-to-air television. And maybe that's also one reason why this deal, with 10 sitting in the background, is such an important thing.
1: This is Box to Box. We're talking to Ross Greenwood from Sky News about the new deal with the Australian Professional Leagues announcing their association with Channel 10 and Paramount of, uh, of a new $200 million arrangement. So, Ross, tell us, uh, what, what do you know of some of the background behind this negotiation? There was a, a lot of talk a couple of weeks ago that uh, that Stan, we going to get involved, that um, that they'd, they'd made a deal. Um, how competitive was this, uh, this whole play?
5: Oh, really competitive. That's why that number's as big as what it is. Uh, it's quite clear to me that um, that really people saw opportunity. Part of the reason for it, and this is, again, the reason why Indian Premier League takes off, Big Bash takes off, as soon as you get people supporting teams, you've got a ready-made television audience. Now, the important aspect of this is that the A-League a- already has a significant following, and so there's, you know, there's a ready-made audience that's already there and working and operating. And so from that point of view, it was a case whereby um, whereby really um, the, the channels knew that if they could get these people in to subscribe to that service, they were highly likely to get them to subscribe to their other services. And remember, that's the, it's part of the fate to try and get people to spend their money, to watch the movies, to watch everything else as well from the television program, uh, from the... From the, from the broadcaster's point of view. So that's all a part of the mixture of what they're all looking for while trying to pay so much money for the rights to the A League.
2: Ross, there's been lots of uh, information coming out of the clubs that they b- believe they're very close to securing an injection of between $100 and $150 million from uh, private equity group Rain Group, who've been. Engaged by the uh, the APL owners to sell off an equity stake. Um, considering that an MLS club in the states recently changed hands in the last three weeks for four hundred million US dollars, off the top of your head, hundred or one hundred and fifty million dollars for twenty five percent stake in the entire league, that might be a bargain.
5: Sounds about right, to be honest. And the reason for it is, consider that their uh, their league there has got eyeballs that are what. 10, 12 times bigger than Australia. Uh, And that being the case, that's roughly off the top of your head. Uh, And so as a result of that, you would expect for the total league, really one club, yeah, that that, that to me would sound about right. It might be a little on the high side, but not much. Because remember that anybody coming in is going to base it on the number of people who are watching that game. And that, again, is one of the reasons why the deal with 10 is important because the more eyeball they can get watching the game... Then potentially more, the more valuable the whole league and the individual clubs become
1: themselves. All right, Ross. Well, look, this does look like it's uh, it's positive news for football all round. Then, uh, as you say, a competitive market always delivers a a better financial outcome for the uh, for the seller. And uh, now we just need to hope that Ten can do uh, what it did with uh, cricket and uh, the Big Bash uh, for football again, and uh, and that the Paramount uh, streaming service uh, with its financial uh, uh, firepower can uh, can actually now uh, put football genuinely. On the uh, on the equal stage to uh, to other sports like the NRL and AFL and even rugby as it comes back now,
5: and won't it be fantastic? Saturday night, sitting up, you know, having the, having the big big roaster, a couple of beers, mm-hmm. and watching the football on the telly. It'll be actually a very very nice thing to do, and hopefully, 10 gets the product right. That's now the key.
1: Yep, that's exactly right. Ross Greenwood, you're a good friend. Thank you very much, time mate.
5: Good on you, Rob. No problems at all.
1: We'll talk to you again soon. Ross Greenwood from Sky News. Okay, uh, after the break, we're going to talk football on the park. Uh, Melbourne City, they've finally done it. They uh, are uh, matching uh, trophies with their, their big brother over in the UK. might not be as big a trophy, but it's uh, the one they've never won. Paddy Kisnorbo, the manager, next on Box to Box.
0: Box to Box. Canyon. For Chemist Warehouse, home of real brands and real savings, and Storage King, the kings of storage, moving and
1: more. And this, the yes, this is Box to Box. It's a bumper show this week, and uh, made all the better because we've got the coach of the uh, Premiership winning side, Manchester City. It's Melbourne City, the sister club, the bigger club than uh, Manchester City. Patrick is Norbo on the line. How are you, Patrick? Good,
6: thank you, yourself.
1: Yeah, we're really good, mate. So, uh, as we record uh, this uh, chat, it is the last night before lockdown. You're out and about in downtown Melbourne having dinner with the family, but uh, surely celebrating um, the the breakthrough title for for the club.
6: Yeah, as you said, you know, it's a a bit of a disruption time at the moment. It's a hard time. So, um, me and the family are having some dinner, obviously, just before – go with the lockdown
2: Patty when I think of Melbourne City you think of Patrick Kisnorbo not only a play did <laughs> you did your apprenticeship um, in the coaching structure there you've coached the W League side uh, to titles so you are Melbourne City through and through so congratulations on on the title um, especially your own achievement because um, whenever uh, someone cuts through to their first coaching opportunity to to turn around success in the way you've done you must be Proud of your club, but also very proud of your own contribution.
6: Yeah, look, look people forget, you know, like I actually started
5: in the academy before the W
6: League, so um, I, I took over the under-20s. Under so um, the, the W League, you know, was sort of a, an extended sort of um, coaching stint in terms of, you know, I got to learn the processes and of a first-team uh, coach, a first-team environment um, with full-time players. Then, you know, I was a, an assistant for a couple of years Learn a lot a lot of Warren Joyce um, a lot of Eric and you know here I am uh, you know this year in terms of getting a, an opportunity you know to coach you know, as the head coach um, and it's been fantastic but you know along the way there's a lot of learning a lot of mistakes that you make but that, that's all part of the learning process.
2: And, Paddy, the one thing that I'm terribly excited for you and your club is that you're going to be in Asia uh, in the next edition of the Asian Champions League. And um, can you tell me uh, what that means to the club to be able to compete in Asia and what it means to your playing group as well?
6: I think it's a, a fantastic achievement for us to qualify, um, not only this year, but, but last year. Like everyone else, we, we want to play, you know, against the best and with the best and You know, playing in this Asian Champions League is our opportunity to do that. So, it's fantastic, you know, because we want to test ourselves amongst the best teams and the best players um, in Asia. And... Yeah, we get that opportunity
1: to do so. This is box-to-box. Box. We're talking to the premiership-winning coach of Melbourne City. He's uh, he's synonymous with that club, coaching through the ranks of the men's and women's club as obviously a player after he had his uh, storied career in uh, in Europe, Paddy Norbo
3: Paddy, you arrived as a player at Melbourne City in what was then the final year of Melbourne Heart. So you've been there in various guises throughout the entire Melbourne City reign. In your opinion, what's the biggest change from those early days when the City group came in and sort of put a few changes in place at the club uh, through to now that you've finally started to uh, establish some consistent success on the pitch and uh, lifting your first A-League title?
6: I think when, obviously, Man, Man City um, or the CT sort of took over, um, they, made it, they made it very quite uh, intent that, you know, that what we wanted to achieve and what our identity was. But I think the difference is maybe continuity. Um, obviously, as a player, and as a as a sort of an assistant coach and even a coach that wasn't in the first amount of time, I think the turnover of plays was too many. Um where now before last year and this year, um there really wasn't. Um and we've been able to, you know, keep our um core squad together, um at, at a at a few plays that make a difference. Um, which keeps that continu- that continuity within the playing group and the club and we, you know, we we try to get better with the group yeah, that's been together now for two years.
3: And since you've lifted the plate last Saturday, there's been quite a, a number of articles popping up in uh, sort of various publications with interviews with Scott Jamison, Michael Petrillo, very senior people at your club. And there seems to be an agreement that this, this premiership plate's not just a one-off this season, but the culmination of three or four years of work. Now, you mentioned Eric Monbera and Warren Joyce fleetingly, but could you just maybe discuss in a little bit more detail the impact that both of those guys have had on you uh, as a young manager and the club uh, as a whole?
6: Their ideology of football... Um, might be a bit different, but the, what they see in the player is, I think, very similar. Um, you know, w- with Warren Joyce, you know, he, he told me a lot about, you know, managing players and, um, you know, what to look for, um, with, to, for, for players and if you want to succeed and behaviours. Um, and Derek, obviously, he, he came in and, you know, brought in a, a city style of play that now we stick to, but, um, we, we, no matter what, we stick to that process. So, you know, th- there's two different managers, uh, with two different ways to see it. But with the player that they wanted in the club or what they see that could play this style was exactly the same. A- and it's crazy. So I've just kept that, um, that way of, you know, I want to play, you know, the city style of play, um, and have players, um, that are able to do that. Um, on a regular basis.
1: And Paddy, look, um, I don't want to uh, poke the bear here, but uh, yeah. obviously uh, none of the coaches who are affected uh, by the uh, the international break are, are happy with the scheduling. Uh, we've obviously got uh, Curtis Good, Conor Metcalf, and you know your goal scoring uh, spearhead yeah. Jamie McLaren um, out uh, for the finals. It, it really throws a wild card into the the, the situation, and uh, and gives other clubs an opportunity to to take the um, the championship title that uh, you know. In, in fairness, they probably wouldn't have had.
6: Yeah, look, it's, it, you know, people forget it. Also, Andrew Nabu. If Andrew Nabu was fit, mm. yeah, he would have been another one. So we, we, we would have lost four players. It, look, it, 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 it's a hard one because you know you, you prepare all year and you have a three-month pre-season and you prepare all year, you know, to you know do your best and play every game the best as you can to hopefully one day put you in a position to maybe you know achieve something. Now, you know, we're the only. Um, country in the world that I could think of at this moment that you know he's uh isn't having an international break three international breaks so um it, it, it it's crazy because now we um lose players and look it, it's not of any fault of you know Gray arnold because he needs to pick you know his best players to qualify for a World Cup so I, I think it goes uh, a bit deeper than that, a bit deeper than that and you know like why the question i I ask is you know where's the integrity because, you know, like, what, what are we, you know, what's the integrity of the league? You know, does it look good on the league? The question needs to be asked. Mm. And, you know, like, you know, we, we, we want to do our best as coaches um, and we want to be prepared as best as coaches. Um, but sometimes things get taken out of your hands and you really can't do anything about it. So, you know, we have to plan now um, without those players. And I'm not the only one, you know. Sydney are losing three players. There's a few other clubs that are losing one or two, so you know, everyone gets affected in different ways. Um, I, I just don't, I just can't see how we're the only you know, country in the world that you know has it is not breaking for uh, international break as their season keeps going.
2: Well, let's hope um, moving forward, Paddy, that uh, the APL and, and the FA can get together and really sort out. Uh, the seasons breaks and ensure that this doesn't happen in the future because the the loser is football. You know, um, obviously uh, we all want the Socceroos to have the best possible team, and, and those boys have earned their spot, and you don't want to de- um, deny them that opportunity. But uh, as you say, um, uh, the competition's worse off for for this clash. But Paddy, just on a personal note, mate, has that Achilles? We've seen you get around on crutches. That's a, it's a, it's a, um, and his head yeah not to mention uh, getting smacked by the uh, the drink the drink um, thing, but um, Paddy, how is the achilles um? It's a bit of a nasty one to get at that stage of your life or at any stage, but uh, how did you do it? Well, I was just having a little jog and
6: um, yeah, thinking that I was still young again and <laughs> I just felt pop and I knew um, that it was my achilles so look you know I, I don't need to play football anymore you know maybe it was a calling sign that you know you're old now you don't need to just relax <laughs> and don't do anything, so no risk. Um, yeah, it, it, it's okay. You know, it, it, it is what it is. Um, I deal with it the best way I can. Um, and with the, the box, you know, I've got stitches in the head as, obviously, it's well publicised. Um, it was an accident. Um, you you know, sure had about had hard that, Paddy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I've had hard. laughs> yeah. But you, you've got to ask Andrew boo about that. But look, I've had harder things hit my head, and, you know, um, it, it, it is what it is, you know. A bit of pain um, for a feeling... On Saturday, that was fantastic. You know,
1: it's okay. Hey, Paddy, congratulations. We love your journey. And, uh, um, you know, we'd love to talk to you about Leicester City and Leeds if we had some time. But, uh, mate, um, it's been a great career and it continues to go on. It's been seamless, really, 40 years old uh, and 40 years young. Uh, there's still a, a hell of a lot more to come. And congratulations on, on the uh, the uh, Premiership title, mate.
6: Thank you very much. Appreciate
1: it, guys. Not at all. Paddy Kisnorbo, the coach of Melbourne City, the champions of the A-League. All well, the premier, Premiership winners of the A-League, the championship yet to come. Okay, stick around. Bye box to box jason pine from sky news he's a cult hero over there at the wellington phoenix he's stuck in australia he's going to tell us what's going on with the club as they returned home to a massive crowd
0: box to box Can you believe- The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The kings of storage, moving and
1: more. Yes, this is Box to Box on 9 Radio NTS News Talk Sport. It's a bumper show this week. Uh, We've talked to Ross Greenwood and Paddy Kisnorbo. We're going to talk to Martin Tyler in the next hour. But the man, the cult hero from (laughs) New Zealand, Jason Pine. How are you, Jason Sky? News very own. What's going on? We saw you doing victory laps with the players.
7: (laughs)
8: Yes, yeah, that was rather embarrassing. That the uh, the Sky cameras decided to pick out the uh, the tall, lanky has been or never was at the end there. Um, I, I think there was a bit of sort of the uh, the loopy juice going down in the yellow fever zone near the end of that game, and rightly so. And. Uh, and I was uh, I was encouraged over by some youngsters and, and uh, the <laughs> yeah the sky camera's got it all so yeah. oh, mate well, nice we really well, yeah, I think just occasion.
1: just like you, your your uh, your brothers and sisters over there mate we love you you've got the character and you, you bring so much passion and to be honest uh, I was saying to the guys that I enjoyed the coverage uh, of the new the kiwi coverage of football uh, for for the A league uh, better than uh, the domestic coverage so it just I don't know it seems to have a, a bit more uh, uh, passion and enthusiasm about it. And um, and you bring a lot of it to it, mate. But it was a great day, though. It wasn't a 24,000 record crowd. The Knicks come home. Ufuk Tala uh, is a folk hero just about over there.
8: Yeah, it, it was just a great occasion. And, you know, the fact that we've been starved of it so long, uh, you know, we haven't had the chance to see the Phoenix. So it's something that the number was thrown around a lot. 433 days between games at at Sky Stadium, and, and the appetite was there to, to get back and really, you know, to, to show some support for this team that has, that has done so much and endured so much and, and um, you know, really made a lot of sacrifices. I think it was the least that the um, Wellington football, faithful could do didn't turn up and, and support them. And it was a beautiful day in Wellington, which is always the case, as you guys probably know. Um, you know, the Knicks the were still in the hunt for a, a top six spot against... Their uh, their newest rivals, Western United, with Mark Rodan, of course the uh, the uh, the villain of the peace back here in, in Wellington, and and look the results and you know the crowd and everything about the day was just um, just wonderful, you know it gave everybody who was there a, a really you know positive feeling and um, yeah look it, it was it just showed I think what the A League can be. I know it was a, an unusual set of circumstances, but you know seeing those those uh, you know the the crowd and the families and and the whipping off of the shirts after 80 minutes And Andrew really Durandos very It was well. a tremendous start yeah. uh,
2: 433 days it's been in between home games so it was a remarkable um uh, sort of feeling, and you could, you could feel it through the broadcast, Jason, so well done. Um, you may not know this, but uh, Ufok Tele's uh, ganger is in our studio every week. Rob Gilbert, with his uh, half Lebanese heritage, is just a, the, the spitting image of Ufok Tele, and he, he's earned himself a two year extension. So we're just wondering whether Ufok's two year extension at Wellington is going to be replicated with uh, Rob Gilbert's two year extension at Box the Box. Do you have any insight into that, uh, Piney? <laughs>
8: look I look I, I think Rob Rob's one of those he's, he's, whatever he wants he should get really <laughs> you know it's, it's one of those uh Situation I'm the where, you know, he, he, um, You've got to have the best in the business and look whatever he wants just get the contract in front of him and get the ink on the paper. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'd be doing.
2: Thank you. But well, what well, about the significance rise. of tele re-signing for two years? We we know that Melbourne Victory had a big tilt at him before they announced Tony Popovich but um, it must be a great vote of confidence in the Phoenix organisation and uh, Ufuk's ability because they have really uh, endeared, I mean Ufuk and his team have endeared themselves to Australian audiences because everybody's Recognise how tough they've done it, but what does it mean for the Wellington fans that Tully's going to stick around?
8: Yeah, I, I think it's a, it was a real boost, you know, and, and the team was home for the whole week, and, and the day before the game, they, they chose as the day that they would uh, announce the extension. Yes, we know that uh, that victory had a had a go at him a, a couple of times actually, but as soon as um, they settled on Tony Popovic, that Ufuok would stay and. And it's proven to be the case, and, and he's done a terrific job. You know, he came in off the back of Mark Rudan's year here, and 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 Roof's turned up at the right time. You know, he inherited a team that was really you know close to rock bottom, and, and, and turned them into a top six side again. Uffel uh, picked up that uh, that baton and ran with it last season, and, and this year as well, and and to have another two years um, of him and, and his playing style and his recruitment, which has been bang on, I think you know it's a it's a real vote of confidence for the club. And, and, you know, I mean, um, they've, they've, become a very watchable side. You know, you look at the players who are, who are there. And, you know, while Davila's injured at the moment, you know, what a wonderful player. Biscopo the same and a shame to see him go off the other night. But just the way that Uppel Tele encourages this team to play has been, um, you know, a real, real boon for the, for the, uh, the fans of the club. And, and I hope as well, fans of the A-League in general, that they like to watch Wellington play and, and they enjoy the style of football he's putting together. So, yeah, delighted to have. Have him staying with the Phoenix for another
1: couple of years. This is Box to Box. We're talking to Sky Sports New Zealand's Jason Pine. He's stuck in Australia. He's managed to get out of Melbourne. He's in Sydney trying to get home. Just Cinder Ardern won't help him out, but uh, there's plenty of Kiwis up there. You'll feel right at home, mate.
3: Jason Ufuk Tale is hanging around at the Phoenix as is Ben Wayne, a youngster who's been signed up on a three year deal. Uh, I believe he turned down uh, a move abroad. Uh, Wayne follows the likes of Sapreet Singh, Libby Kikache, Maccowit, Callan Elliott. There's a whole, a whole raft of youngsters who have come through the club in recent years. That hasn't always necessarily been the case with uh, with Wellington. So what's been the trigger uh, for this sort of rich production line over the past couple of years? And as an extension of that, is this the healthiest you've seen the club in its history?
8: Yeah, great great question, great observation. And, and um, well, to answer the, the, the first part of that, uh, the, the production line has come through the club's academy for the most part, uh, while well, there have been youngsters who have come to the club from other places. Um, you know Some of the names you mentioned there, Safreet Singh, um, Libby Kikachi, Sam Sutton, uh, Ben Wayne, and now Ben Old as well, who just got a, uh, a cameo off the bench the other night. He looked about eight years old when he came onto the pitch. Certainly not shaving yet, that boy. But um, they're coming through the club's academy, which is well run by a, a guy called Paul Temple, who's a... Um, a bone-deep, passionate football man and, and has really developed young players extremely well uh, with the aim, of course, of, of bringing them into the first team and, and seeing what they can do. And we've seen Kikachi get off to Belgium. We've seen Saarbrecht Sing off to Germany. Um, you know, Coventry were um, were in for Ben Wayne, the, the English Championship Club. He turned down their approach to hang around and, and Sam Sutton and Ben Old and others as well are, are going to, you know, hopefully tread the same path. Is it the healthiest I've seen in the club? Certainly, as far as um, as far as the depth is concerned, I think it probably is. You know, they um, they are able to um, to cover the likes of you know Kakachi's is a great example, best left back in the league. I would say last year, heads off to Belgium, and not just one but two players come in and say, you know what, I'd like to make that spot my own. Not only Sam Sutton, but James McGarry, another young Kiwi, is also putting his hand up in that position. And and right across the park now, there is competition for places. You know, good players are not getting into the side, and when everybody's fit, it's very, very hard to pick the best eleven in this uh, in this football club, which which has to be a good thing. So, yeah, just back to Ben Wayne, lovely kid, guys. You know, really, really down to earth character. Comes from a great family. Um, I remember when he first signed for the uh, for the Phoenix. Um, or, you know, he got a, an extension of his academy deal. He was still at school, and I I um I rang the I was media manager asked if I could do an interview with Ben Wayne, and they said, well, you can, but you have to wait until he's finished third-period <laughs> mathematics before he's got a break. So... Oh. I couldn't get to him until he fulfilled his academic uh, commitment, which I thought was a neat little story. So, yeah, it's a good, uh, good time for the young players
3: coming through. And looking ahead to this weekend, uh, Saturday at Eaton Park, you've got uh, a six-pointer against Perth Glory, 15,000 tickets sold by uh, the last count that's been made public. Just interested to know how much affection there is for the Phoenix uh, around New Zealand as a whole. or uh, Is there affection for them, or are they seen as uh, as just a Wellington pursuit? No,
8: no, absolutely. They're... Um, they're they they have affection from around the country and they they are marketed obviously when they go to these places as New Zealand's A League team and, and Auckland have been really really excuse <laughs> me positive and and um, the way they've turned out in previous years big big numbers in fact the the crowd that turned up on um, Saturday in Wellington uh, beat the the regular season record for a home crowd and that was actually held by Eden Park's um Eden Park's uh, Auckland crowd a, a couple of years ago so. They certainly turn out in numbers. Um, a lot of the players have connections with Auckland, having grown up there or still having family there. And, um, you know, the, the numbers will be very big again on, on Sunday. I think what they're trying to do is, is make it a bit of a competition. Say, hey, come on, Auckland. We had 24,000 turn up in Wellington. Let's see what you can do. And, and you're right, 18,000, I think, sold already. What are we, Thursday? So, um, you know, if we can get another couple of days um, of, of good... Pre-sales and, and a good walk-up. Who knows that twenty-five thousand might be under threat. So I think it all comes down to the way, you know, to, to the fact that the Knicks are still in the mix. You know, they'll go into this game on Sunday. You know, with the other results obviously still have come before then, knowing that they're still in the mix. If they can beat Perth, they'll probably go into the final round. Um, other results notwithstanding, with a chance to make the top six, and, and it will also be if they can uh, get a, a result a, a tenth. Straight unbeaten game, which would be a club mm. record. So there's a lot to like about Sunday. It's um it's sort of coming together a bit like a perfect storm that uh, that Wellington was last weekend. Let's hope we get the same sort of thing uh, from a Phoenix perspective anyway on Sunday in, in Auckland.
1: Yeah, well, good luck to the Phoenix, mate. Um, we've loved the story as they've uh, endured COVID uh, in Australia and uh, and come home and uh, and still in there with a red hot chance of, of making the finals to back up what was an outstanding season last season as well, mate. Uh, Jason, thank you for your time as well. Um, you, you know you uh, represent New Zealand football with a great great passion and uh, um, and it's such an important as we've discussed with you in the past. We feel such an important uh, part of this whole A League uh, uh, ecosystem that uh, that the uh, w- the Wellington Phoenix are not only in the competition but successful and competitive uh, so uh, mate thanks again for joining us and good luck on your, uh, your sort of your whistle stop journey home you might end up on a uh, canoe uh, sort of kontiki style and uh, be paddling home mate. <laughs> yeah
8: well um, I'll get home by hook or by crook but uh, always a pleasure talking to you guys I really appreciate the support you give to, uh, to the Phoenix it's, um, it's always a great great pleasure to talk to you and um, yeah just any time Anytime you want to chat, give me a call. I could be, uh, could be in Melbourne, could be in Sydney, <laughs> could be in Wellington, could be somewhere in between. But always pick up the phone,
1: and you'll always have your fans taking selfies of you too, mate. <laughs> thanks, Jason. <laughs> Jason, <laughs> thanks boys. He's a great man. Okay, stick around. After the news, we've got a lot more to come. We've got Martin Taylor, the man who is box to box. We've got lots more in Europe. And drumroll, please, the announcement of the premiership and the championship tipping competition. It's much coveted. It's a very important title. The people that win it, they get to share the glory for 12 months. And the ones that lose, oh, God, you just don't want to be one of those. Anyway, that's after the news on Box to Box. Now.
0: This is Box to Box with Rob Gilbus and Michael Edgeley. Oh, what a goal! For, For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The kings of storage moving and Absolutely fantastic!
1: Yes, this is Box to Box on Nine Radio NTS News Talk Sport. Second edition news with Willem van Dende and shortly Martin Tyler the voice of Sky Sports, of so many broadcasting organisations around the world. He is uh, the man who is the soundtrack of of sport in the, well, at least English-speaking football world. We'll talk more on Europe with Dino and Del uh, to wrap up the international competitions and stoppage time, of course. Uh, We're going to have a look at our predictions from the beginning of the Premier League season and the championship. Where's it going to land? There's a few nervous people.
3: Yeah, I might be in a bit of trouble there, Rob.
1: (laughs) Well, well, let's just wait an hour. Can I remember who I picked? Hmm... Well, uh, Derek is the remaining champion in both. So, yeah, uh, indeed, yeah. he came in. Just hoping to the, f- uh, look. Yeah, well,
3: swept the sweep the us well, last European. year, didn't he? Everyone
1: knows that I have only one objective,
2: and that is you feed me. What, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 uh, but Derek <laughs> is a European expert, so we'd expect him to Correct. to do that. We'll see how Derek goes in the A League tipping when uh,
3: that comes in later on.
1: Yeah, well, we'll put the pressure on him if he doesn't. that would
2: yeah. be humiliating for him if he if he loses
3: to. To you, <laughs> yeah, touche. Socceroos and Matilda central for the Green and Gold Army. The Socceroos World Cup campaign recommences now, and you'll want to be there should they reach Qatar 2022. The first step to do so is to sign up to the Green and Gold Army mailing list. A decision I once took myself, and it was one of the great decisions that I've made. You can do so yourself at gga.travel.com.au. A quick wrap of the Aussie performances across the week we had a Premier League debutant this week Michael and Rob a 20 year old at Fulham named Tyrese Francois he came off the bench and played the final 15 minutes of their season he's from Campbelltown he played his juniors at Camden Tigers and has lived with his family in London since since he was 13 when he joined Fulham's academy so hopefully he'll see a bit of game time in the championship next season from the top of the English league right down to the bottom Dean Buzanis has helped Sutton United into the football league for the first time clinching promotion from conference premier and Michael wasn't it great to see him celebrate with of course his partner, Steph Catley, and a whole bunch of the London-based Matildas. Yeah, every uh, Matilda that's based in England uh, decided to get together and
2: support Dean in that uh, pretty important game, and uh, there was some good social media footage, Samantha Kerr showing Dean running from his position, obviously, in goal to celebrate with his teammates
3: after they scored one of their goals, so well under Dean. Kenny Dougle will be a later rival to Q8 as he and Blackpool have reached the League One playoff. Dougle scored in the semi final second leg against Oxford, and they'll face Lincoln City on Monday morning our time. There were minutes in the Bundesliga for both Aidan Rustich and Matthew Lecky before they head to Q8, and that of course is expected to be Leckie's final match with Hertha Berlin. To the Matildas, Alana Kennedy, Emily Van Egmont, and Ella Mastrantonio have all been released from their English clubs in the past week. West Ham will retain a strong Australian presence despite Van Egmont's departure, with Mackenzie Arnold and Tamika Yallop signed. up for next season and we of course know the Matildas are playing Sweden in a pre-Olympics friendly on June 16th. They've uh, added another five days prior against Denmark so that's Denmark on June the 11th and Sweden on June 16th. Barcelona, Real Madrid and Juventus are holding firm against the disciplinary proceedings they're facing, stating they will not be pressured by UEFA. In a statement, the clubs have criticised UEFA for its monopoly over European football and unwillingness to modernise the game through respectful dialogue. They continued on to say either they will reform football or watch its inevitable downfall. So as this story continues to rumble on, Rob.
1: Oh, it's absurd, really, isn't it? Uh, inevit- it's inevitable downfall. I think the, the last time I read an article on the Spanish leagues that the, the top three teams are a combined $3.2 billion in debt. We all know it's about the money. Um, Juventus uh, were just very lucky uh, to, uh, to, to to scrape into the Champions League uh, uh, the way they did with Ronaldo on the bench too. So, um, no, it's it's just uh, an absurd um, safe face-saving exercise, which, um, to quote Edge from earlier on, will end up with more egg on their face than they've already got.
3: Manchester United's Marcus Rashford has been subject to online racial abuse once again in the aftermath of their Europa League final loss. Rashford tweeted he counted at least 70 slurs on his various accounts, with the club quick to condemn the behaviour. And Rob, one year on this week from the murder of George, George Floyd and the start of the Black Lives Matter protests, still, of course, plenty to do.
1: Yeah, it's so sad, isn't it, that I was watching that game and, you know, I've I, I got to be honest, I, I sort of was feeling that I, I, I was hoping that it wasn't one of... Uh, um, the uh, the players who identify you know, with the Black Lives Matter uh, um, uh, movement um, who missed the goal because I just thought if if Rashford or or, um, or someone um, similar misses then it's just going to unleash um, the filth that um, inevitably comes and, uh, and and it happened anyway.
3: Antonio Conte's time at Inter Milan has come to an end. Just three weeks after leading them to their drought-breaking 19th Serie A title, Conte had a season to run on his three-year deal but has agreed to depart now, with the club thanking him for his extraordinary work. Inter are expected to face cost-cutting measures shortly as their owner, Chinese retail giant Suning, continues to grapple with the impacts of COVID-19. Elsewhere in Italy, Napoli have parted ways with manager Gennaro Cattuso after their failure to reach the Champions League. And Zinedine Zidane, a bit of breaking news, his second spell at Real's come to an end following the club's failure to win a trophy for the first time in 11 seasons. Yeah, Conte looks like he's been the
2: victim of uh, cost-cutting measures, so what will that mean for... Madrid or Spurs. Yeah, but what does it mean for Inter next year? What's going to happen with the playing list as well? So, Mm. yeah, watch this space after such a fabulous year, Rob.
1: Mm, exactly. Well, uh, I guess the the question is, what's the space there? But um, I'm, I do wonder uh, um, whether he's already uh, got the contract signed now. that Zidane's missing and uh, or gone. And um, and look, mate, there was also talk about M- Mopo potentially going back
3: to Spurs. Back to Spurs. Yeah, could mm. he keep Harry Kane? Could well. Interesting to see how that plays out. Chelsea have returned over 800 unsold tickets for this weekend's Champions League final, with UEFA criticised for their expensive and rigid ticketing system. 2,800 tickets with independent travel were sold, but the remainder were tied in with charter flights in all, totalling around £400. The tickets also included just 24 hours in Porto, with Chelsea supporter reps calling tickets very prohibitive. Michael, you're a, uh, a football travel logistics man. Um, when you sort of organise tours... I don't know where I'm going with that. Sorry, do you want to jump in? Yeah, Yeah, look, um, it's a a unique environment at the moment with COVID, isn't it, Willem?
2: So um, obviously UEFA decided to package up the the charter flights because flights were so difficult in and out. And I'd say that there's also some government regulatory issues around how long fans are in the the host city based on uh, the potential spread of COVID as well. So I think all those issues uh, create a very complex scenario to work through. And I guess until... Um, rights holders like UEFA and and clubs actually sort of live through uh, working out how best to handle this situation we're going to have some uh, hiccups and that's a pretty major one who would have thought 800 tickets going back to UEFA when only
3: you can sell 6,000
2: for a Champions League final
3: no not ideal at all dear oh dear Squads for this summer's Euros are continuing to take shape and Luis Enrique has omitted Sergio Ramos from Spain's after injury restricted the national captain to just 21 matches this season. Ramos was a key part of Spain's travel of major triumphs between 2008 and 2012 and holds the record for the most international appearances of anyone with 176. With right back Danny Carvajal also injured, there's amazingly not a single player from Real Madrid named in the squad.
1: Happy to see Ramos out. I can't uh, um, Find Many good words To say about him He's he's a a Group one grub And um, Needs to uh, Be uh, um, Shown out of the game As quickly as possible Most Salah And the entire Nation of Egypt Will be cheering Uh, So Edge I know you agree with me Because uh, He's a pretty ordinary Well the
2: other flip side Of that coin is He's first picked in my team Every (laughs) single day Of the week And uh, he's uh, yeah, you've got to have a Group 1 grub in your team mm. and uh, and I would love him in my team because he would make everybody walk a little taller. <laughs> and uh, and we might um, try and get him on one day just so Rob can level some of those criticisms uh, directly to him Man, and see what sort of response he follows he all of our socials. reaches down the, uh, the the radio waves and just uh, that hand would come out of the microphone and strangle you.
3: <laughs> We've still got to get Wayne Rooney on as well, Rob. I haven't yeah, forgotten still working So on. when you get Wazza, I'll get old Ramos.
2: <laughs> okay. or we will all learn how to speak Spanish in
1: the meantime.
3: Up.
2: One grub That's harsh
3: <laughs> bit of that news harsh. bit of news Around England squad as well Trent Alexander-Arnold Has been named In Gareth Southgate's Provisional 33-man squad Also in the squad Are Jude Bellingham And Jaden Sancho With Bellingham To become the youngest England player At a major tournament Should he play Missing out Are Eric Dyer And Danny Ings And this is not good news In my opinion Goalkeepers Sam Johnston And Aaron Ramsdale Are both in Despite their clubs Being relegated From the Premier League <laughs>
7: yeah.
3: Yeah. The, What's going on With the goalkeeping Stocks in England?
2: We've got better goalkeepers.
1: Yeah, do we need? Lawrence Thomas, Even better retired goalkeepers. Get game for England.
3: <laughs> well done. And finally, Zlatan Ibrahimovic has been fined 50,000 euros. That's about 79,000 Australian by UEFA for his association with gambling agency Bethard, where he's believed to have a 10% ownership stake. He was directed by UEFA's disciplinary committee to cease his involvement, while his club, AC Milan, have also been fined 25,000 euros. Not sure what AC did there. It has, of course, been a bad month for Zlatan, who has been ruled out of the Euros with a knee injury.
1: Well, Zlatan's been riding such a high for his entire life. Um, he's a self-described legend, so uh, you know you got to expect a couple of little bumps along the way of, uh, of the great career, don't you?
2: Little bit of news out of Argentina, which I think is relatively significant, is that after a damning report surrounding the death of Diego Maradona, prosecutors have leveled seven medical professionals with a charge of homicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, their passports have been surrendered, and four of them have been remanded in custody. So um, that's outrageous. I mean, yep.
1: nothing to do with the uh, the excess uh, illegal drug use and uh, and, and gallons of, of alcohol that he that he. he Oh, I, boy, I think they're directly, it's uh, directly
2: related to his treatment in the final yeah. weeks uh, before he died. Uh, the report, um, which was a significant report uh, undertaken by the medical board in Argentina, said that his death was entirely avoidable. As a result of that, prosecutors have levelled these charges. So we'll just wait and see what happens uh, out of that. And Diego Maradona's... Uh, Life continues to uh, strike headlines, Rob. And it will for a long time yet. All right, well done, Willem.
1: Okay, um, after the break, we're going to talk to uh, the man who is synonymous with our show. He opens and closes every show. His great voice is the soundtrack to the game in the English speaking world. We love it when we listen to and talk to our good friend, Martin Tyler. He's on. After the break, we're going to talk Europa League, we're going to talk Champions League, and we're going to talk Euros. Stick around, box to box.
0: Box to box.
1: for Chemist Warehouse.
0: Home of real brands and real savings.
1: And Storage King.
0: The kings of storage, moving and more. And this could be
1: the most... Crucial yes, this is Box to Box on Nine Radio NTS News Talk Sport Broadcasting across Australia. Of course, you might be listening on to the podcast. Welcome if you are. We'll wrap up the top flight European leagues a little later in the hour, but uh, we, of course, want to wrap up uh, the Europa League and look ahead to the Champions League and the Euros. Uh, we welcome our voice of Box to Box, Martin Tyler. How are you?
7: I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Feeling for uh, that uh, Europa League final from the the fine margins between success and failure. I don't think they've ever been quite so clear cut as, as how narrow it is between being heroes today and being heartbroken today
1: and the the career of Volagana Solskjaer as manager of Manchester United uh, it, it did feel and it does feel like it's on an eye fidge that uh, you know he's either a champion brings home silverware and uh, and has Manchester United back on track uh, but uh, all of the the fallout seems to be around uh, the inability of uh, of uh, the, uh, the team, to, to take their chances and and finish off uh, what, uh, with respect, was a seventh-placed finishing team in uh, in La Liga?
7: Yeah, that's the way it's being seen in the UK as well. Uh, he's a great guy, uh, Ole, and everybody, I think, uh, feels for him as a person. Uh, it is a brutal business at times. Uh, the standards that have been set in the past are a little bit in the past now, so... Uh, it's not uh, I think it's probably because there haven't been trophies for a while but he's on on the sharp end of other managers failing to do that before he was brought in I know the club back into the hilt, so I would be very surprised if there was something dramatic um in the short term but I guess there'll be some serious discussions. And Gary Neville, I work with a lot, you know, in, in my work over here at Sky Sports and all season he's called, he's come up with a phrase for Manchester United, the odd bunch. And bearing in mind his great love for them, uh, they are a team that when they went to goal down, I thought, well, that's what they do. They'll they'll come back and win this because they've been doing that week after week <laughs> in the in the Premier League and other domestic competitions here. So, um it yeah, it just goes down to a goalkeeper's penalty, and that if somebody loses their job over that, I think that's very tough. But as you say, it's it will be a cumulative thing. Um, but so close, so close to getting the trophy that would mean so much to the manager himself and obviously to the football club.
9: Martin, some fine fans are watching the game, calling for Dean Henderson to be brought up and uh, brought on in uh, uh, stoppage time to and an extra time to. To, to, to save the penalties and the way that I suppose Van Gaal did with Tim Krul all those years ago, um, Ole didn't really look to his bench though, did he? I mean, he he went with the team that he he put out and he brought Fred on towards the end. What I mean, what does that say about where this squad is and where where Ole thinks uh, you know his his help is going to come from?
7: Well, there's all sorts of talk about who's going and who's staying from those kind of um, extra players, if you like. Say Daniel James is a good example of that. I think. The loss of Harry Maguire uh, can't be underestimated. It shouldn't be like that, should it? But uh, as a as a leader on the field, I was obviously a sentimental gesture to put him on the bench uh, with any no no possibility of him taking part, um, that that I think has come at the wrong time. He's virtually been ever present through his uh, time at the club, so I think it's it's the moment of truth. Yeah, you do get judged by your substitutions. Um, that Van Gaal thing was, of course, uh, maybe an example for other coaches to follow that could have happened that way. In the end, you run out of substitutes and you're still thinking you're going to win it before it goes to penalties, I guess. So that's uh, that's the way the, the cookie has crumbled and it's a cookie with a, a pretty nasty taste this morning.
9: The uh, other team in Manchester, of course, uh, looking ahead, Martin will, want, will think that they can secure a... European trophy and the first the first Champions League in in their in their history, um, lots of emotion on the pitch in their final game with the send off for Aguero, tears from uh, Gualiola. Do you do you think Chelsea now that they've secured Champions League football, this less less I suppose riding on this? Of course, apart from the, uh, the uh, Champions League trophy, they can. They can maybe pick off City here, who have maybe got a bit over emotional the week before.
7: I've commentated on all three meetings uh, between the clubs this season. They've all been in this calendar year. Manchester City basically reinvented themselves at Stamford Bridge with 20 minutes of the most sparkling football possible of the entire Premier League campaign to set up. It was they were into that good run, but it wasn't long. After the famous team meeting where they said the standards weren't good enough, they were in the middle of the table, and then they suddenly looked like what they became champions. Then, of course, the two games since Chelsea have won, um, I think probably there will be people over here who will say that it's the phony war that maybe the FA Cup wasn't high priority for Pep Guardiola with so much else going on. But, you know, the players don't go into Wembley games thinking that they're there. It doesn't matter whether they whether they lose it or not. Um, so that that would have hurt. And, and obviously the league game was uh, Aguero was seen in a different light when he had the penalty to make it 2-0, went for the Penenka. And it um, of course, when those fail, it's worse than the goalkeeper making the sort of conventional save. So uh, they've got a bit going for them, Chelsea. They've also got a full-back position, which is they are the only London club to have ever won the uh, the Champions League or the European Cup. So, uh, that that will still be in place if they did lose to Manchester City. I think it's a 50-50 game. Um, I was lucky enough to meet Sergio Aguero for the first time uh, a few days before his last game, uh, last Premier League game. I was really taking him, very charming and uh, I'm sort of linked a little bit with him for the goal in 2012, which we talked about and uh, and it was, it was um, a very nice personal experience. Uh, and then to have, and to, have to commentate, they well, I enjoyed obviously very much commentating on his two goals, his two farewell Premier League goals. So uh, whether he will play a part, who knows? But we've just seen in the Europa League final, you, you can't predict what's going to happen. It's a final. It's got... Um, uh, uh, none of us quite like, I don't know whether it's two Spanish clubs or two Italian clubs or two English clubs to have the... Um, uh, this this great competition decided within, within one country. I think the, 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 the Spanish-English thing in the Europa League was part of the, the charm of it. So we'll see. Um, uh, it's, they've happened before, these All-English games, and uh, Chelsea have been on the wrong end of one when they lost to Manchester United, of course, a few years back. I, I can't possibly give you any clues as to which way it's going to go. Um, I think both teams will, will fancy their chances.
2: Martin um, Sergio Aguera was uh, well celebrated by uh, the Manchester Manchester City folk. Um, a player in Germany who scored his 41st goal last weekend, Robert Lewandowski, uh, that's a record for Bundesliga. Um, there is a bit of talk that he may be leave, leaving Bayern Munich. If you can just uh, dream for a moment, um, how successful would he be in the Premier League should uh, he decided to finish his career in England. Uh, and I, I would just like maybe you to reflect on a comparison of Lewandowski and, and what type of uh, impact he could have in the Premier League at this stage of his career if he decided to to cross to, uh, uh, to England.
7: Well, there's been some speculation that he could be on Manchester City's radar, but that's been followed by speculation that Pep Guardiola doesn't really go for that type of player. And they maybe didn't have the most... Um, a natural relationship, and Pep would love to pack his team full of midfield players. <laughs> and Robert Lewandowski is the most wonderful out-and-out striker I think of the the modern era. He lives and breathes for scoring goals, and I think that's um, that's a great quality. I'm sure if he came to um, to English football, he would continue to score goals. He's just got that in him. He knows exactly he's got that sixth sense of where the ball would drop. He shoots on sight. He, he's got um, a really um, a dramatic game to him. I think he's when you're commentating, you, you don't really take your eyes off him because he's got so much um, so much going for him in terms of uh, the, the goal-scoring record, but also every game. It's part of the trick of my job, really. You, you sort of try and work out before the game where the goals might come from. It's almost like being the scout for, 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 for both teams, you know, uh, and, and he's there all the time and, and he's a threat all the time. But... I have to just add that Timo Werner came with a great reputation, hasn't really done it, and he's the first to admit it, incidentally. He's been very open and honest, and the um, Chelsea fans have taken him to their hearts because of that, uh, despite his um, uh, times costly misses. So, yeah, it could happen. Um, Erling Haaland, of course, is being mentioned as well, and the Harry Kane saga continues to dominate the thought of transfers uh, of strikers in this country.
1: This is Box the Box, Martin Tyler is with us, Martin, after that Champions League final. We're going to shift our focus, of course, to the Euros, the 12-month delayed Euros that it does kick off at the Stadio Olimpico in Rome. Uh, Italy played Turkey. Uh, we are uh, going to see crowds back. And ironically, as we broadcast from Melbourne on the day that Melbourne returns to a seven-day snap lockdown because of COVID, we know the vagaries of, of what may happen. But uh, with a lot of the changes to, to venues uh, over the course of um, the last few months with uh, UEFA deleting some uh, stadiums from the list and, and centralising more games at, uh, at fewer stadiums, uh, We're all crossing our fingers that this tournament will kick off as scheduled and and continue so that we can uh, enjoy one of the great competitions.
7: Yes, and because of what you just said, I think it's a really difficult competition to look at because the different nations are preparing in different circumstances. Uh, Obviously, there's been a lot of domestic football squeezed into a short period. I think it's the shortest Premier League season, maybe even one of the shortest uh, top division seasons ever in English football with a late start. Uh, so the players are going to have very little time to recover. Picking squads is already difficult, as we've seen Gareth Southgate's named 33 for an hour 26-man uh, allowed party, uh, which, again, is, um, uh, is something that I don't think the coaches will all go for. They'll understand why, but leaving players who won't even be on the team sheet... Uh, leaving them in the stand is not much fun as a coach to do that. Uh, and these are players who are, many of whom, they're, they're human beings, we mustn't forget that, that many of whom will be thinking, well, I do deserve a break now. Um, but obviously, the the coaches that get the best out of the players and the players who come with the best commitment, I think it's a very open field. And obviously, there's a with, with uh, some of the crucial games and the climax of the competition here in England, uh, again, England's chances are being talked up but England have never been champions of Europe so you know there's a, a lot of hurdles to clear before that might become um, the, the, the run-in and England might just get their noses in front. Nobody at the moment here is, is uh, banging the drum. You all know enough about English football to uh, know the, the danger sign <laughs> when, when the country and even the non-football part of the country rises up the back the national team. It sometimes works against the national team. But we'll see. And I'm doing some work on it for UEFA. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I've got a list of countries to prepare in the next few days. And I honestly, um, uh, I'm, I'm not a betting guy, so I don't look at the odds. I'm sure England will be well up there because of the, the nature of the venues. But um, I think it'll be a great competition. And, and I hope so for everybody involved, because we all know why it's been delayed a year. Um, you're right in what he said I didn't know about Melbourne so you know my concerns for all of you about that so um, let's hope that um, the medics are the main men aren't they now we're in the hands of the doctors the scientists and and after them we'll get to the footballers
1: well, Martin, thanks again for joining us. So We hope, like you, we do get to enjoy those Euros. Uh, it's just something that, as you know, you, you know more about Australian football and the Australian football culture than, than most around the world. And uh, we, just, we just can't wait. Looking forward to it. And, and hope, hope uh, England uh, have uh, the kind of success, finally, that, uh, that the uh, country's been craving since 1966.
7: Well, for me, I, I always believe that um, I want to see in any game, in any competition, the team that deserves to win, win. Mm-hmm. And whichever country that happens to be, um, good luck to them.
1: Well, well-made point, Martin. Martin Tyler, thank you again for joining us, mate.
7: It's a pleasure, anytime, you know that.
1: Thank you, Martin. Martin Tyler He's such a generous man with his time, and we're so very grateful. We hope you always enjoy listening to Martin's uh, thoughts on the world game. All right, stick around. We're going to talk more Europe. We're going to wrap up the uh, European competitions after the break on Box to Box.
0: Box to Box. Can you- the Chemist Warehouse Home of real brands and real savings And Storage King The kings of storage, moving and more And this could
1: be the most Yes, this goal. is Box to Box And we've got more Europe We had a wonderful conversation before the break with Martin Tyler But uh, we're going to wrap up all of the uh, European uh, Competitions and uh, look ahead to the championship playoff final on Sunday morning our time. But before we do, there are some great savings at Chemist Warehouse every day. You know that. There's INC plant protein chocolate or vanilla. One kilogram variance. One kilogram variance. Buying bulk. Thirty four ninety nine. If you're in Melbourne, you want to get it. Uh, we are in lockdown in Melbourne, but uh, you're not uh, around the rest uh. of the country. 25% off Bondi Woo-hoo. Protein Vegan one Kilo uh, range. For twenty-nine I'm getting the sound effects and the actions in the uh, studio. You should see it. 40% off the entire Musashi range. Remember, Chemist Warehouse is making it easier for you uh, to get uh. your essential items. In addition to visiting your local store, you can click and collect. To save time at chemistwarehouse.com.au. Order online for delivery by Australia Post and get free shipping on orders over $50. Or call and ask for same-day delivery they've got got it all at Chemist Warehouse. Fees and charges may apply. Chemist Warehouse, the great savings are every single day.
2: Did you know that uh, my daughters, uh, Angela and Megan, are heading down to Chemist Warehouse on Friday mm. to get their flu shot?
1: Excellent. That's wonderful. And you can do it for a very affordable uh, rate. It's only fourteen ninety nine. so get along to Chemist Warehouse.
2: And it's an get outing flu shot these days under Melbourne's lockdown. Correct. Go and get your flu shot at Chemist Warehouse. Might be the only time you let out of the house. Exactly. Derek, what do you
9: got? We were talking to Mark and Tyler about the uh, Europa League final. Well, one thing that we didn't say just quickly was fair, fair play to uh, Unai Emery. He's won this mm-hmm. tournament four times now. He you know, was very maligned at Arsenal. I, don't, I, don't, I wasn't actually very happy with the way he was treated by the fans and the press. I think... You know, I I don't think he was given an opportunity with us. And how crazy is it that a a city or a town with a population of 40,000, so Mm. that's Wodonga, Mm -hmm. (laughs) has won the Europa League. So it's just like Wodonga winning the Europa League. But um, going to the Champions League final, I just want to firstly get all of your predictions, Dino. Going to be a pretty close game, but where do you think it's going?
4: Very much on the Man City bandwagon. I think their form for the back end of the season, well all season really apart from their start, the early early start of the Premier League campaign, but um, now for me, I mean Chelsea especially under Tuchel have been a lot harder to play against, but I just think Man City've got too many weapons all over the park.
9: And what about you, uh, Rob, uh, you're a, you're an underdog man, and Chelsea are hardly an underdog the way that they are, but can you, see, can you see it being the Werner final?
1: I can, and I am going to tip the underdog uh, to win. Um, I think that um, there's no more pressure on Chelsea now. I know you and I are talking about it during the week. I thought that if if they had to play for a Champions League position, and we talked about the doomsday scenario a couple of weeks ago, which should have played out if Leicester City hadn't have just uh, you know choked at the, the death, uh, uh, then I wouldn't have been prepared to tip them. But now the pressure's off. They know they've won. Thomas Tuchel is a, a master strategist, and I think he'd get some free rent in Pep Guardiola. Head and uh, he'd be extra worried About him because uh, he's done it before Already this season and uh, um, Look they've got the firepower If um, if Tuchel can get it uh, Together and uh, look I think the key Is um, if N'Golo Kante Is fit he, he plays the role of two Three players and uh, you know for me he's The difference.
9: Edge is it going to be the perfect Swan song for Sergio Aguero
2: It is yeah they, they, have, um, they have Too much quality in my book And uh, they'll get the job done and uh, I think it'll be a lot more comfortable than what Rob was explaining his drivel just before. Oh God sake! So I tell you, you what, will, I'm going to make yes, it. I'm going to make you. it
9: interesting. I'm going to call Chelsea. I'm going to join Rob. It's going to be two on two. And so I've read the Pep Guardiola huh? book. He is a big. He is a big overthinker. Mm-hmm. You know, if I was Tuchel, I'd be going out to his house and moving his plant <laughs> pots around and be hiding his bins and just doing anything that just makes him go, God. You know, is it a signer? Do I need to do? I need to put you know our goalie in attack or something. So um, you mentioned give his, gar- Euro- give his
2: gardener a slab of beer just to yeah. mow the lawns out of, out of sequence every yeah.
9: every two weeks instead of every three weeks. Just move, to- a, tr- <laughs> move a tree or something. Yeah, no, be, that's how you get under Guardiola's skin. But um, the in Europe, obviously, the Premier League ended, Dino and Rob mentioned it. You know. Leicester blew it really against Spurs at home and you would have thought they were going to win so Liverpool did it they finished third Chelsea qualified for the Champions League but you know do you think Dean when they look at this season Leicester will be disappointed but they won that FA Cup after 140 years it's still been a good season hasn't it?
4: I mean I think Leicester especially under the management um, for me he's been brilliant and, and I think you know, like they dropped out at the last minute. I mean, Tottenham were very good. I mean, they they had a point to prove because they wanted to get some part of whatever part of Europe they could get into. Um, but I think, look, at the end of the day, uh, he's done a fabulous job, and I've got, I've got a funny feeling. I don't think he'll leave Leicester, but I, I know he's on. I think uh, a few targets to, of other teams around. Uh, the EPL uh, that most probably fancy him to come and take that job,
9: and of course Leicester will now join West Ham in the um, in the Europa League, and I think that's a good, excellent result for West Ham. Uh, I know we're going to do our predictions later, and I don't think anyone thought that West Ham would finish sixth. Um, Spurs will jo- will go will join the Europa Conference League, one point ahead of Arsenal, who completed the season with five wins in a row. But it will be uh, Tottenham who will be going to Minsk, will probably because the Ryanair flight will be uh, diverted there, um, and and some of other um, Europe's shit locations. So good luck Spurs, <laughs> on that. Um, in in the uh, in Ath- in the uh, Spain guys Atletico Luis Suarez the hero and you know he was a bit of damaged goods team when he went there you know Barca had basically written him off and he's just brought them the title how good is that?
4: No unbelievable I mean you know <clears throat> he was fabulous at Liverpool when he was there but this season he's just been outstanding and uh, I'm really pleased for him and I'm really pleased that Real Madrid haven't uh, won the league nor Barcelona uh, but outside of those two I, I didn't really care as long as it wasn't those two so for me great result and uh, he had a big, big part to
2: play. Five of the last seven titles, Luis Suarez, not too bad for the biter.
9: No, not at all. And I think, you know, I, I think in that system at, at, uh, at fatico where he's just, really, you know, he's there not for his movement. He's there for his, his goal-scoring ability. I think that's what they needed. And I'm very pleased for them. One guy who's not pleased is Ronald Koeman. He's... um. He's he's made his feelings very known to the hierarchy at Barcelona. Not happy that he's not getting any support, and probably going to be uh, uh, replaced by Javi Fernandez, uh, sorry, uh, 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 at some point in the future. But the other probably bigger shock is in France: Lille beat Angers to win the league uh, title for the for the fourth time. And uh, um, you know, uh, Barry Saint Germain beat Brest two nil, but it went tits up for them. Um, and it was the only time in you know they're actually on blue. In, nine years where they didn't win that title and Gautier has done the ultimate mic drop and he's just walked off into the sunset so well done Lille and Juventus secured that that Champions League place um, you know and Ronaldo has said Dino I've achieved the goal I set when I arrived at Juventus which I don't think he did did he? He wanted to win the Champions League No he did
4: exactly right
9: so that's just a bit of spin from from the guy. And uh, Antonio Conte is off as well at uh, at Inter. You know, three weeks after win, you know winning that first Serie A in eleven years, he's off as well, and he'll be at a Serie A club near you at some
1: point. No, well, he won't be. We talked um, about this before. He'll be at Atletico or Spurs.
9: Oh, will he? Oh, not Spurs. God, he could do better than that. um <laughs> The playoff finals, uh, before we get to those, I mean, this is all about the $150 million game, but talking about valuations, uh, Edge, Premier League valuations list just came out.
2: They did indeed. Sporty codes just for Rob, you know, uh, in the spirit of Super League, where competition doesn't matter. Doesn't matter where you finish on the ladder. Doesn't matter how many wins. All that matters is how much money your club's worth. Manchester United topped the table, 4.65 billion dollars. They're better than Liverpool, uh, according to the money stakes. Only 4.14 billion in third. Manchester City surprised me. Thought they would have been worth more. 4 billion US dollars. Chelsea and Arsenal are four and five, 3.35 and 3.06 billion. And in 20- 20th place, Sheffield United. They are only worth 60 million US dollars. That puts them, that puts them worse off than Houston, who recently changed hands in the MLS. In America for 400 million US dollars. So interesting that uh, Sportigo rates Manchester United a much greater club than Liverpool. Oh, look, I mean, I, I think that is to
9: be expected. Though, sorry to be boring about it, but you know, Man United are building on that heritage of the recent success, and I think that still means a lot around the world. And I think it still sells pretty, of sh- pretty, pretty, uh, you know, truckloads of shirts. So even though United have not been at the races. Um, I think Solskjaer described this season as a disappointment because they didn't win that trophy. Uh, the value of the asset is still extremely high. So Liverpool not far behind them though for sure. You know It's that longevity that, that gets them there. But teams uh, Dino, that are looking to play them, Brentford uh, and Swansea. You know, Brentford overcame Bournemouth and turned it around with a 3-1 win. And... Um Swansea held um, you know held Barnsley for a one-all and they've gone through but back to Brentford, I mean they're, they're an impressive side, aren't they and do they go into the final as the favorite?
4: Yeah, I think they do and I love the manager Thomas Frank he's, uh, he's done a fabulous job there and uh, and I think they play really good football and uh, with Ivan Tony as well, albeit he's, he's a little bit clumsy but he's, he's an unbelievable presence and scoring, what is it 32. Two odd goals, I think it was, in the Championship. That's no, no mean feat. So uh, I, I think Brentford just might have just enough just to get over the line against Swansea, albeit I, I was impressed with Swansea when I watched them.
9: Yeah, look, um, Brentford, I think, could probably do the same as Leeds if they got up, you know, actually, you know, put a marker down and play their way and actually, uh, actually, you know, survive in this league. I don't see them if they come yeah. up being kind of meek or, or, or just trying to shut up shop and like some of the other teams have done. I think they they could, you know, do a lead and maybe kind of climb up the table. Um, Swansea, though, will back themselves in that game. And, um, yeah, either way, it will, you know, it'll be another sort of new team in the Premier League. It won't be Bournemouth, who came down last season. So, look, Rob, I'm kind of done. I flew through that. Uh, we will do a Premier League review over the next few weeks and go through some of the teams. But how good was it just to see football with proper fans and proper Mm. crowd reactions i just that the cop you know when that goal went in was just amazing.
1: Yeah, no, it was fantastic. It uh, it just shows what we've been missing. And uh, you know, uh, look, uh, you know, uh, to a, a starving man, uh, you know, a, uh, a bare bones diet is better than nothing at all. But uh, to get the fans back in the stadiums, it's uh, it's something special, isn't it? So at least we'll be able to to watch um, fans in the stadium at the Championship Player Final, at the, the Champions League. Even though it will only be small crowds, but uh, hopefully uh, COVID staves off uh, in Europe, and uh, and we can get good crowds in for, for the Euros as well. All right, well done, mate. We are going to take a break now and then we're going to return with stoppage time and we're going to go through our tips for the Premier League and the Championship. There's a lot of sweaty palms in the studio uh, this week. Uh, Where were we going to end? They're just very, very worried that uh, somebody might finish on top of him that he's not expecting and uh, we are going to find out when Dino reveals all. After the break on Box to Box.
0: Box to Box.
1: For Chemist Warehouse.
0: Home of real brands and real savings.
1: And Storage King.
0: The kings of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of Yes, all.
1: this is Box to Box. This is Stoppage Time. It's been a great show. Ross Greenwood, Patrick Kisnorbo, Jason Pine, Martin Tyler. Uh, but we have got a bit of fun left to be had uh, with the uh, unveiling of the tipping uh, championship for the uh, Premier League and also the championship. Before we get into that, though, is your home running out of space? Lots of people are running out of space at home. You need to call Storage King. If you're decluttering, moving, renovating, downsizing, creating a home office, call Storage King. They've got the answer. Stores are everywhere, a location just around the corner. They've got a crack team of storage professionals. They'll organise it all for you. That makes Storage King the kings of storage, moving, and more. Storage King, as the boys whistle. Willem loves the jingle. Storageking.com.au to find your nearest store. Bang. All right, Dino, take centre stage, welcome him up, and he's got the microphone. The um, What's the place where they hand out the uh, Academy Awards in LA? It's sort of uh, the atmosphere <laughs> is building and uh, and the, the nerves are jangling. So uh, over to you, Dino.
4: Well, basically how it all works is Edge, Rob, Dino, Willem and Derek Delvoye. Um, we all put our results in where we would finish in the uh, in, in the championship in the, from 1 to 24. And then, obviously, we allocate points based on in an exact position, five points, and then two points if you get it in a particular top six or bottom three. So here we go, starting from the bottom. In last place in the championship, Del Boy on 13.
1: Oh, my God. Ooh. He's fallen off a cliff, the champion. Off
4: a cliff. Off a cliff. Then... Uh, it comes Rob and Dino together, oh. both on 15, so we didn't do too much better. Okay. Well. Then, drum roll, Edge came in at oh. 23 points. Oh, <laughs> the young boy. So it's Willem. Oh, yo, it. Bang. 23 points. 53. 3, 4, 5. 5. Five point twenty five, and then he just added it with twos, and away he went and won it.
2: Nostradamus man, Dendera. Well, congratulations, go, Willem. congratulations, Willem. Willem and Derek Dyson. Hang your head in shame, brother.
9: Yeah, I wow. think I'm. A, I think i just got a bit complacent. I obviously just you know <laughs> didn't do my didn't do my usual research. What did? about you, Dino?
2: You're, you're, you're the championship yeah, guru. I know, you're
4: the I know, oracle. Yes, it, no, I had a little bit of a nightmare. To be fair, so uh, I'll put my hands up um, and I'll, I'll try and do better next
1: time. Well, I'm considering this a podium finish because if Willem got the gold medal and Edge got the silver, then Dino and I share the bronze. So I'll, I'll happily walk what away. What did the you bronze.
2: say in one of the earlier segments, Rob? That you the only thing that mattered that uh, was that if you beat me,
1: Dino, we're only. Uh, we're, hello, <laughs> I'm gibbering. Uh, we're only halfway through, Michael. But,
2: um, uh, okay, well, let's just wait and see. I think I'll
1: bet you, Rob. Well, you don't know yet. Okay. Let's find out. Well, so i bet you so the championship. Go,
4: so we move to the EPL now, and the same same rules apply. So in last position, edge on...
1: See, I told you, <laughs> and now I'm happy.
4: <laughs> and unbelievably, and I can't believe this, that Rob, Dino, Willem, and Delboy. All finished on twenty points. Gold so medal.
2: So <laughs> <So we're laughs> Thank you. Congratulations, well Congratulations,
1: Terry. Congratulations,
2: Dino. So, I think you need to combine both scores together and give us a total, Dino. No, we're not making up sure. the rules as we go along. Because I think I'll be in yeah. front of Rob.
1: Oh, sorry, look, I'm sorry. Look, you got the the second best competition, and I'm champion of the Premier League. So, well done. Yeah, well, with my, my partners, I, I I'm, I'm. It's like, what was the name of that? It was the Hotham handicap. Um, uh, Damien, you know <laughs> Ross Stevenson brings it up on three AW all the time. I can't remember there was there was a it was a triple dead heat, wasn't it? And um, Pandy Sun was one of the horses um in that triple dead heat. We'll find out before the end of the show. Well, Dino, congratulations! You you know fighting force. Fighting force. And Ark Royal, that was the name of them. So, forevermore, the, the names Van Denderen, Dyson, Hennessy, and Gilbert in the quadruple dead heat as the name Edgley just wrangles around the corner and they're putting the canvas up around him and it'll be over very <laughs> soon. Uh,
2: dear, oh dear, Talk about uh, dying out on something that's uh, not that important. Oh, for
1: God's sake. This is the man who just loves to to, uh, to uh, oh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Willem? I'm Callum's not sure, there. but I'll let you go. Wa- professional. I wallow, Close. wallow Close. in his Close. story. Close. Hang Dano,
3: on. I've got a question for you, Dino. Moving on, we yeah. introduce you, well, Rob introduces you each week as the former Notts County man. Now, the National League Conference Premier has wrapped up. What's happened in Notts this season? They finished fifth. Yeah, look, I know. It's not, uh,
4: it's not a pretty sight for Notts County. I mean, the times I was there, they were in the second division, and then for part of it, they were in the first division, which was the like the before the Premier League. So, yeah, they're, they're on, they're doing it pretty poor at the moment. Um, and they've always been the poor cousin from next door from Nottingham Forest. So, uh, you know, with, with them winning European uh, cups and, and all sorts, so uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just one of them. But I've got very fond memories of Notts County,
2: Dino. You have been uh incredibly dishonest with your description of Notts County being the uh, poor cousin. They're more like the orphaned child, aren't they?
4: (laughs) They most probably
2: are.
1: All right, Edge, let's give you back um, the microphone. You've got a couple of little things to distract us from the main game of stoppage time. Yes, Uh,
2: the Olympic Games, Rob, uh, less than two months to go. But last week, the Olympic torch passed through Hiroshima. Uh, It didn't go down the main city streets and all the landmarks. It went to... Via the, via the back roads uh, A torchlighting ceremony took place without guests And the IOC president was an unfortunate cancellation is suffering its fourth COVID wave As is Tokyo And we're only less than two months out So tough times for the Olympic Games Will they happen? They will They'll will. happen
1: Yeah um, Alright We'll wrap it up there boys Willem Great work Thank you Rob uh, Running champion for another 12 months Derek yeah, You must congrats. be feeling a little bit better you know, Congrats,
9: Willem. Yeah, slightly relieved there. I don't know if I could have cope with the uh, the double donut. So, uh, yeah, all
1: good. <laughs> Dino,
4: <laughs>
1: well done. KPMG, Hennessy. Yeah,
4: thank you. Chief Auditor.
2: Well done, boys.
1: Talk to you next week. Damo, he's on the buttons. You heard him in the background. Thank you, Michael. Thanks, Rob. A lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Well, next week we're going to preview the uh, the Socceroos because uh, yeah, the following are. day they'll be playing. Uh, so it's all excitement and there'll be lots of results happening. And you will hopefully join us again on Box to Box when we go from one end of the pitch to the other in the world game.